Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Welcome to Wonderful. Shall we talk about things that's good that we like that we're into them? Can I just get started with a thing that I like? Oh my goodness, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. So we are starting to get warmer temperatures and all the snow that accumulated is starting to melt. Yes. Have you heard the sound of the snow coming off the roof? Yeah. You like this because it scares the piss out of me every time it happens. Every time it happens, it sounds like a, a reverse Santa Claus has, yeah. has uh, yeah. set down on our roof. Yeah, we uh, and this happened when we lived in Austin, too, although it didn't snow quite as much. Uh, but we have a particularly steep roof. And now that everything is melting, you hear these huge crashes. It sounds like a um, like a big dumpster is rolling off the side of our house. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's like a nice little like, because, you know, you always have that moment where you're like, oh, my God. What is, and then you realize what it is. And you're like, oh, good. Mm, That's I am, good. I am. It's funny because I feel like last week. I was very bullish on uh-huh. snow. Uh-huh, me too. Bullish is good, right? I get it confused. I'm not like a stocks guy, but I think bullish is good. We like snow. Last week, we were like, hell yeah, baby, snow, sledding, snowballs, snow angels, making dinosaur footprint tracks in the snow. We love all this stuff. Igloo. Well, we're not used to living in a space uh, where snow sticks around for a long time. Neither of us has really experienced that since Chicago. So when like we saw snow, we were like, oh, yay, snow. And then like two days later, it was like still snow. And then like a week later, it was like the done, same done snow. snow. Done now. Um, yeah. But we're we're moving on we're we're excited for the wild 60 degree temperatures that we're supposed to be having this weekend i'm already looking forward to the outrageous sort of sinus uh reaction i'm gonna have to that i'm just penciling in friday snoozing netty i'm gonna be netty a netty (laughs) freddy do you have another small wonder or is that it like is that do you think does that i do another one okay okay so I'm going to start out, it's going to seem like it's not a good thing, and then you're going to find out why it's a good thing. Okay. So I have been called to jury duty for three times. Yeah. Uh, which has got to be pretty unique, right? I've um, never been called, so I, I Yeah, this know. happened when I lived in Illinois. This happened when I live in Texas. And now that I have been in D.C. all of a year and a half, it has also happened. Yeah. And each time... I am told, thank you for your service. We are not right. needing you for anything. And the feeling Rachel of that, was a Marine. We should make clear Rachel was a Marine. <laughs> well, you're supposed like when you're called to jury duty, you can like only be called, as I understand it, once a year. I don't know. There's a set span of time. And if you don't have to serve, the you still counts. Okay. So like I can't be called back anytime soon. And I love Double Jeopardy. <laughs> That's what that is. I love that it counts and mm. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. That's fun. That is fun. I do yeah. like that. Maybe they came to a plea arrangement. Maybe a plea was done. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, one of those like 4 p.m. pleas the day before. One of those 4 p.m. pleas. Uh-huh. We're not lawyer guys no. over here. We're the, we're the only people in D.C. We're the only non-lawyers in that D.C. That are not lawyer guys. Um, I'm going to say Tingus Goose. Is a game on my yes. phone. Yes. Okay. So I would like more of an explanation about what this is. Tingus Goose. It's an idle game. Do you know that genre? You have told me about this. It's like where you like set something up and then it just goes. Yes. And then mm-hmm. you come back to it later and you get stuff. In this one, you have a goose that is just a long, he- a big head on a big long neck and it grows upwards like a tree. And then things branch off of the sides of your goose tree 
that uh, are sort of like different little bounce pads, right? You think about them as like uh, uh, little trampolines, right? And then you have little tinguses, which are basically just like little babies that shoot out of the top of the goose, and then they go down and down and down and fall down because of gravity, and they bounce off all the different bounce pads. And the idea is to just create a sort of like machine that bounces a bunch of babies and gets a bunch of money. You get money every time the baby bounces. If you get three babies to touch, they combine into a better baby worth more money. Uh, and then if you three of those touch, and it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So you basically, it's just like setting up a little vertical conveyor belt, a little marble run situation where you try to get the babies to combine and make you a bunch of money. And it's very weird. It's a very, very weird game. Uh, there's like a, there's like a pregnant lady on a table and the goose is growing out of her, her belly. Um, and that's why I guess there's so many babies. It gets Wild. into a lot of sort of like existential yeah. horror, uh, stuff, but it's one of the better idle games I feel like I've played lately. Cause I just love, I just love tw- tweaking my goose, you know? <laughs> God. You go first this week. I do. Okay. I woke up this morning determined to take our audience on a trip to the poetry corner. And good news, I found a corner in which we can have poetry together. Poetry calling eggs. I forgot. It's been so long since I've been to the poetry corner. I know. It feels like a really long time. I forgot how we get in it. Uh, The poet I wanted to talk about this week is Ron Paget. Don't know. Ron. Ron. Ron, uh, born in 1942 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, r- r- now I know Ron. Yeah. Were you thinking of Don Padgett? I was thinking of Don Padgett, who hails from Nebraska. <laughs> uh, this guy uh, moved to New York City in 1960, attended Columbia College, and uh, still there today in, in big old New York City. Um, but... Uh, I was kind of fascinated to learn about him because I, you know, I kind of have like a poetry biography in my head. Like if you had to ask me, how did this poet get started? I would say, oh, well, they went to college and they took some creative writing classes and then they published some poems and now they teach at a university. Boring. (laughs) Uh, Ron got started really early early with this kind of fascinating like capitalization on timing so when he was 13 he started writing and then he started a literary magazine in high school called the white dove review with his friends and started soliciting the work of alan ginsburg jack kerouac (laughs) robert creeley uh ted berrigan and uh amiri baraka in high school yeah yeah, he uh, published five issues and I guess just had a sense of like what poets were doing, doing the big stuff and reached out to them directly and said, hey, send me something and I'll publish it in my literary magazine. And they're like, okay. You think maybe Jack Kerouac didn't like Google the magazine name to find out if it was a high school publication or not? I mean, as you might remember, he was born in 1942. Okay. So when he was in high school, it was like the 50s. We didn't have Google, no Google. Yeah. I we mean, had, there was no way y- for these poets to Jeeps. know. Yeah. Like, and, and at that time, I'm sure all these poets were, you know, desperate to be published. Yeah. Probably had pieces that they had been shopping around and nobody had taken. I love uh, this. Yeah. 
So he um so he got got it started before uh he even entered college. Um he moved to New York City as I mentioned and became really interested in kind of the New York School of Poets, uh, which I have mentioned before. Frank yeah. O'Hara was was one of those poets. Um, but while he was at Columbia College, he had the opportunity to study with Kenneth Koch, uh, who I've mentioned before on the show. Uh, just what is kind of amazing, I mean, I guess it's always amazing when artists find other artists. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I see that as a big incentive to like return to academia is it's like you get you get connected to these people that are doing the work and are tremendous resources for you. Well, and yeah, that, especially if you go to school in New York City in whatever, what the, the early 60s. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, probably uh, one of the more uh, one of the hotter hotbeds of poetic uh-huh. activity. Uh, so let me let me share a little bit. So his work has been described. The poet James Tate wrote Ron Paget's poems sing with absolutely true pitch, and they are human friendly. Their search for truths, both small and large, can be cause for laughter or at least a thoughtful sigh. Mm. Uh, which, which I, is exactly the kind of poet that I'm looking typically to bring yeah, to wonderful. For sure. You know, uh, a poet from a human. Mm-hmm. Uh. You did bring that dog poet one time, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Bark, bark, bark. Right. Bark, 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 bark. I carry bark. it in my bark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to read the poem Survivor Guilt that he had published in 2014. Sounds funny so far. <laughs> I mean, a lot of poets at this point, I mentioned he was born in 1942. He is now 81. Been around for a while. In his poem, Survivor Guilt is more in reference to the fact that he is an older man. Okay. Uh, it, it's not going to be anything uh, particularly traumatic, I would okay. hope, for people. Survivor Guilt. It's very easy to get. Just keep living and you'll find yourself getting more and more of it. You can keep it or pass it on, but it's a good idea to keep a small portion for those nights when you're feeling so good you forget you're human. Then drudge it up and float down from the ceiling that is covered with stars that glow in the dark for the sole purpose of being beautiful for you. And as you sink, their beauty dims and goes out. I mean, it flies out the nearest door or window. It's whoosh raising the hair on your forearms. If only your arms were green, you could have two small lawns. But your arms are just there and you are kaput. It's all your fault anyway, and it always has been. The kind word you thought of saying but didn't. The appalling decline of human decency. Global warming. Thermonuclear nightmares. Your own small cowardice. Your stupid idea that you would live forever, all to a culpa. John Philip Sousa invented the sousaphone, which is also your fault. Its notes resound like monstrous ricochets. But when you wake up, your body seems to fit fairly well, like a tailored suit. And you don't look too bad in the mirror. Hi there, feller. Old feller, young feller, who cares? Whoever it was who felt guilty last night, to hell with him. That was then. That's good shit, Isn't that man. Pleasing? That is very pleasing. <laughs> and very relatable, even though I am not an eighty-one year old man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I found this like a like a nice little affirmation. Yeah. You know? I have that experience a lot where, 
you know, yesterday I am, I'm just like devastated and torn up and like focus on the hundred things that I feel like need to be improved. And then I wake up and there is always that moment where it's like, oh, that doesn't feel as intense to me right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. And I just liked that poet as, as and that poem is kind of like a, a nice way to to start this new year. Yeah, you know? I like that too. Mm-hmm. I hope that I'm that sort of, uh, I don't know, wistful and also whimsical when I am in my in my 80s. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The idea of there being that upswing in the morning when I'm in my 80s sounds actually pretty appealing. Well, to be fair, this was published like 10 years ago. So oh, he okay. was in his 70s. Oh, okay. Totally different Totally story. different. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Can I steal you away? Yes. Thank you. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? Is <laughs> factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. From the Twisted Minds, that brought you the Adventure Zone, Balance and Amnesty and Graduation and Ethersea and Steeplechase and Space. And all the other ones, the McElroy brothers and dad, are proud to reveal a bold vision for the future of actual play podcasting. It's, um, it's called The Adventure Zone versus Dracula. 
Yeah, we're gonna kill Dracula's ass. We're gonna, well, we're gonna attempt. We haven't recorded all of it yet. We will attempt to kill Dracula's ass. The Avengers of versus Dracula. Yes, a season I will be running uh, using the D and D Fifth Edition uh, rule set. And there's two episodes out for you to listen to right now. We hope you will join us. Same bat time, same bat channel. For bats. I see what you did there. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Oh, you do you need my consent? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. You really left me hanging to dry there. <laughs> I thought that was just like a like a, Like I was about to go into a jock jam, like a exactly. solo jock jam. Yes. No, I'm asking, are you ready for this? I think so, yes. Ranch flavor. Ranch flavor. <laughs> ranch flavor and dressing. Ranch. All right. Ranch. All right. You're trying to play a cool hand right now like you don't like ranch. No, I would say it was kind of my gateway salad dressing for sure. For a lot of people. For a lot of Americans. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it's one of those flavors that I feel like um, is is usually a hit. Yeah. Always, always love to see ranch. Always love when ranch is involved. Yes. Um. I'm talking about the flavor and the dressing here now because you can kind of abstract them from one each other, one another, but they are both very powerful in their own right. Uh, Henry has gotten very into ranch flavored chips lately, so much so that he has requested ranch flavored variations of chips that do not exist. Uh, like what was the, he? What did he ask for? He really wanted ranch wheat thins for a while. That was a thing. I think it was, but it ain't. It ain't no more. Yeah, no, because I searched it and and saw a photo of a box proving that at one point they did exist. Yes, but, but not 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 any longer. Good idea, um, though. Great idea. Yeah. Um, seeing him sort of like really get fired up about this this zesty flavor uh, has really kind of rekindled my own appreciation for for this uh, this creamy white stuff uh, because I also kind of discovered it in elementary school and ate it with basically everything for a long, long time. Um, like what? Can you give me an example? I mean, salad, certainly, but yeah. then like any kind of anything that could be dipped. <laughs> um, so I was big into like popcorn chicken or popcorn shrimp. Uh, I would go nuts oh, on ranch with that. Okay. Um, pizza crusts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Going and going. That blew down my mind, there. by the way. But somehow I grew up in the Midwest for 18 years. Did not know that was a thing. And then my college town had a chain called Gumby's, and they had what they called pokey sticks, which was basically cheese bread. And it came with ranch. And I was like, oh, my God, where has this been yeah. my whole life? It's very, very, very good. I've never really considered the constituent components that make up ranch flavor. Uh, but it is usually made from buttermilk, salt, garlic, onion, mustard, chives, parsley, dill, pepper, paprika, and ground mustard seed, all of which are sort of incorporated into a mayonnaise-like base. Um, 
that makes sense. There's no, not much surprise in there if it had been like, and also watermelon or something. Uh-huh. Like um, ranch dressing is the most popular dressing in the U.S. Uh, according to a Slate article that was published in 2005, it overtook Italian dressing all the way back uh, in 1992. These days, I will say, I don't usually spring for ranch as a salad dressing. If I am dressing a salad or ordering a salad from a, a restaurant, ranch is usually not what I not what I spring for. It's very anymore. heavy. It's very physically yes. heavy. <laughs> I like I love it as a dip. I love it as a flavor. Yeah. But on a salad, it turns the salad into a mostly cream based experience. Yes. That yes. is that is kind of not uh as pleasing for me. It's anymore. a it's a very strong flavor, as you mentioned too. Like yes. if, if you it's kind of good on like one thing at a time. A salad has a lot of things in it. Yes. And it's just all going to taste like ranch. <laughs> yes. Uh, these days, I'll, I will spring for uh, an Italian or a balsamic vinaigrette. Yes. Uh, I like a like a Russian or a, a Thousand Island dressing. If I want to go the more sort of cream-based route, mm-hmm. um, I will tr- typically uh, go, go that way. Um, ranch dressing's strength as a dip, though, is just un- unrivaled. If I see it, if I see a veggie tray, I'm always like, eh. but then when I see ranch dressing with I the know. veggie tray, I'm like, okay. On a carrot stick? On a carrot stick. Forget about it. When I was in high school, our cafeteria had like a little uh, like condiment stand where you could, uh, they have those like ballpark lever action uh-huh. uh, like ketchup and mustard pumps and then there was a there was a, a ranch dressing one uh and so just pretty much every day i would have ranch dressing with whatever it was that i was eating uh for lunch that day which is probably too much ranch dressing <laughs> to eat um so okay ranch dressing was invented by a guy named steve hinson the background that i could find leaves some pretty huge gaps in the story of ranch dressing that I did not have time to really hit Nexus Lexus and do my own firsthand peer-reviewed research on. So instead, I'll just call attention to those gaps and try to, uh, maybe we can piece it, piece it together ourselves. Uh, he lived with his wife in Anchorage, Alaska. He was working as a plumbing contractor. The Wikipedia article on this man says... It fails us tremendously here because it then says, after stating where he lives, it says, while there, he invented a new salad dressing. (laughs) I want the like slumdog millionaire background story behind the story behind that because people don't just invent salad dressings. I mean, if if you had to ask me the story of ranch, I would assume one that it took place on a ranch. Yeah. Uh, that it, you know, somebody maybe had like a large property um, and, you know, had to feed a lot of people and just combined a lot of seasoning together. Like in my head, the story of ranch is very, um, I don't know, like agriculture based. <laughs> we'll get there. But I, I'm more surprised by like, I don't know. It a, a hobbyist invented ranch dress, like not a profession, not a food scientist or a you know, chef, a, a, a contract plumber just on the side invented ranch dressing. Uh-huh. Why? How? What happened? How did he do this? Um, we don't we don't know. But it, apparently uh, it it worked for him because he retired from plumbing uh, at 35 <laughs> 
which seems young to retire from plumbing. Uh, and he moved to Santa Barbara, California in 1956. He bought a sort of guest ranch in uh, San Marcos Pass in California, and he renamed it. Oh, Hidden Valley? Hidden Valley Ranch. Uh, and he served his amazing dressing to the guests who had come through the the, the <laughs> Just ranch. a little shot glasses on like a, a sterling silver tray. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> there was also some restaurants in the area that he sold it to. Uh, and then he began to sell the packages of ranch dressing mix in stores in 1957 on a very small scale basis. But very quickly, he realized like, we got a fucking hit, folks. Uh, and basically converted the entire building the entire ranch into a a production line for his incredible zesty stuff by the mid 1960s no longer was the ranch taking guests instead it was just creating ranch dressing and ranch dressing flavors which he sold through a mail order business uh up until 1972 when of all companies clorox bought the hidden valley ranch brand <laughs> Uh, for eight million dollars, and uh, our cleaning solution doesn't smell enough like food. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what surprised me. I didn't know Clorox had a food sort of subsidiary. Clearly, they do because the idea of I don't know ranch flavored Tide Pods or whatever <laughs> seems like so yucky to me. Um, so we get a few more evolutions in ranch technology after that. Uh, in 1983, Clorox would uh, sort of find out the how to synthesize non-refrigerated ranch dressing, which made it much easier to sell in bottled forms yeah. at stores without having yeah, yeah. to put it in the the, the cool section. Uh, speaking of the cool section, in 1987, the year of my birth, the game would evolve once more when Doritos introduced the cool ranch. Dorito chip, which was really sort of the first introduction of ranch flavor on a thing that is not a salad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And some other sort of chip brand. I mean, every chip brand has like a ranch version. Uh, Wavy Lays has a Hidden Valley Ranch flavor that's been around since like 1993. Um, and so, you know, obviously they started singing a song that got the whole world singing. I still to this day will... <laughs> destroy a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos and, oh, yeah. let, and allow it to in turn destroy my stomach and breath and, <laughs> and finger smell. <laughs> finger smell. My finger smell and just my sort of a, my general aroma. I will also say the creation and then a heartbreaking discontinuation of the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Taco at Taco Bell remains one of the cruelest sort of stories in the history of food you know what's funny is that whenever you go out and try something like that i always think like this is insane you're an insane person and then it goes away and i'm like well now i never got to have it you never got to have that look at me i thought i was i was too cool for school and now i never know imagine a taco bell you know hard shell taco okay but then like make it taste like cool ranch doritos times a million yeah Pretty fucking good. Yeah. A lot of flavor per bite. The, yeah. the FPB on these bad boys is off of the charts. I was thinking about this guy inventing ranch. There had to be like a hundred milder versions that he just kept stepping up until he was like, that's it. That's the one. And everybody was like, it's too much. You're crazy. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put this more. This is more, how more, much I yeah. want. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a simple recipe. It's not like a... 
again, I'm just blown away by this, dude, because it's not just a couple ingredients that you mixed. You didn't put honey and mustard together and was like, is honey mustard? This has a lot of components in it yeah. that you have to sort of alchemize into a, a, a proper uh, a proper blend. And my man just fucking crushed it right out of the yeah. gate. I will say when I um, was avoiding dairy uh, for, our, for our son's reasons, I kept looking for like a vegan ranch. Yeah. And it was very difficult. Like everybody could kind of handle the flavor, but the consistency was challenging without that like buttermilk, like yes. heavy fat. Yeah. Piece. Yeah. We didn't really have, I can't remember a good one of the, I also ate a lot of <laughs> vegan options and I was surprised to find out how just sort of solid the offerings were across the board. Mm-hmm. But we, I never, we never really did crack the ranch code mm-hmm. on that one. That that's That's really all I've got. I just, I really do. I do love ranch as a... I eat less of it now because it is an overpowering flavor and it does sort of just take over whatever it is that you eat. Oh, God, on a buffalo wing to yes. counteract the spiciness of a yes. fucking forget it. Oh, my God, my mouth is watering yeah. right now just thinking the about that. On a celery stick. Mm-hmm. On a celery stick, too. I just, there's lots of subtle flavors in the world and <laughs> that's good. And then there is ranch, which has just a singular overpowering flavor that is unlike anything else uh-huh. and i think that is also beautiful it takes all kinds and i would <laughs> do anything to eat some ranch dressing right now i don't think we have any we house. don't i think about that every time i like we have leftover pizza for example which includes today and i think like how good would it be if we had ranch in the fridge right now and we just don't let's make a add it to the list i'm adding it to the list right this second. get a little notification on my phone that says griffin mcelroy added ranch to your shared list and now <laughs> i typed it in an autofilled in our grocery uh app uh a, a former entry that just says ranch flavor wheat thins question mark <laughs> I, know. I, I optimistically left that on our list for so long just so i would keep searching for it thinking maybe there is an establishment in this region that has them i have not found it yet we also had ranch uh, rice crackers and ranch rice cakes the idea of a big ranch rice cake i do like just a big sort of uh, personal pan pizza of rice cake. Yeah. Ranch, ranch I haven't trippers. been able to find them. Damn. Okay. Anyway, that's it for ranch. Uh, we got some submissions for our friends at home. If you want to send yours in, please send your email to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it brief, a sentence or two about something that you're fired up about, and maybe we'll read it on the show. Uh, let's start with Jake. My small wonder is watching YouTubers do circuit bends on musical consumer electronics, uh, some of the creations they make really push the limits of what the brands originally intended. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with this scene. I don't know what this means. Basically, there is a sort of subgenre of uh, like music maker content creators uh, and also electricians who will crack open a thing like a speak and spell uh, and then change the wiring inside or change the voltage that is being powered through the, the various components to make it make other wilder noises. So maybe it's the sound that the speak and spell is supposed to make, except it's like crazy glitched out sort oh, of like okay. uh, screaming. Uh, there's There's like a whole world of people taking any sorts of uh, you know, battery operated uh, toys or whatever, uh, and then circuit bending them. Furbies is a big one because uh, you can make a Furby open its mouth and shout some 
arcane cyber <laughs> language uh, that is very, very cool to watch. Uh, Danielle says, my small wonder is a hot bath on a cold day. After a very cold day, when you can feel the chill in your bones, there's nothing like a hot bath to thaw out and feel like a human again. This is true. I miss, we don't really have a great bathtub solution no, in our house, but I, I did, think... we have been playing with our kids outside a lot in the snow this past week. And I think two days ago, I came right in from outside and hopped right in the shower Oh man, that was good. Stuff. I bet that was good. That burn, like the sort of burning uh-huh. feeling that you get from like heating up your cold body really fast, like that. Really yeah. fast, like that. That is so good. It's that the opposite good. of brain freeze. It's body burn. <laughs> Griffin's new fitness series. My new fitness series. My new uh, erotic thriller, Body Burn. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the Easter theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. They got so many good shows over there that you should go check out. Um, and we also have a bunch of merch over at MacQuarryMerch.com um, that uh, we're going to be updating very soon when the new month rolls over. So Gosh, I can't believe January is almost over. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's a fast one. It's a fast one. That'll happen when your kids are out of school oh, half of the month. Um, so, but we're back. In, we're back in it, baby. Back in the swing of things. February's looking bright. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> um, until then, stay, stay, stay with us. Well, don't. No, leave. We'll be, come back in a week. But keep us in your hearts. Keep us in your hearts, please. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.